You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers 3-0 start showed they are indeed a good football team. Unfortunately, Thursday night showed they still have a ways to go before they can become a great one. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to this week's episode of Lemps Talk and Pack. I am your host, Chris Lemsis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room of my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bay's absolutely, completely, and totally maddening 34-27 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. On Thursday night at Lambeau Field, a loss that now puts the Packers at 3-1 on the season. So they're no longer in first place. Ride's over for now. Lions are in first. Uh, That'll probably change on Sunday because I don't think the Lions are going to beat the Chiefs, even if the game's at Ford Field. And then with the Vikings and Bears playing each other, it doesn't matter who wins that. The Packers would have the tiebreaker. So for what that's worth, they'll end the uh, first quarter of the season, likely anyways, in first place in the North. Before we get into the fun... I would like to mention, the if you didn't see this on Twitter earlier tonight, the Podbean account is for now dead, and I'm officially 100% on Packers TalkNet. That's probably going to be the exclusive home for this podcast for the foreseeable future. I, it's not that I can't afford the renewal fee, because it's not that much. I just don't feel like paying it. You know, the, the guys at Packers TalkNet, Al and CD have been so great. I just, I feel like this is this is going to be my home now. This is where I want to stay. Uh, and it'll be on iTunes, I know, because we have an iTunes account here at Packers Talk. Now. I could say we now. Uh, so I'll be there, too. Uh, the Twitter account, LemsMKE, at It's Just Chris Now. The Facebook page, Old Bag of Donuts. And I keep forgetting to mention the email. Donuts at gmail.com. Donuts at gmail. Drop me a line on any of those platforms. Chris, I love the pods. Chris, they stink. I don't like those as much. I like the ones where you tell me how great I am. I like having my ass kissed. Uh, but yeah, either way, you know, let me know. Reach out. Okay, so as I mentioned in the lead, the Packers' issues were on full display Thursday night. God, I hate Thursday night football. I hate it so much. It's like twelve fifteen right now. I got to work in the morning. Like I'm still just so pissed off about everything that happened. Like they really, they need to just take Thursday night football back and shoot it. Like really, I hate it so much. Um. So when I talk about the issues, that look, there's good news and there's bad news on that front. And by that, I mean, I think some of this stuff can be fixed and will be fixed. And then there's some of it, I don't know, I know we're only a quarter of the way into the season, but uh, some of this stuff I'm just not sure about. I'm not sure it's going to be able to be fixed until we get to the offseason. You know what, though, before I go into the the ad, I do have a rant I want to go on. You know... They've been on this big campaign to make Lambo louder, and you know, I, I've really applauded the fans the last two weeks. And then I actually did think the fans were fairly loud tonight, too, but there is just still too many opposing fans in Lambo. What is this shit? You know, when the Eagles picked off Rogers to end the game, I mean it was you could hear the Eagles fans. It was it sounded like a Packer interception. Or a Packer was terrible. This is really getting pathetic. I went on a rant. If you don't follow on Twitter, I went on a rant before the game about how I really, it's just getting to be, it's just unacceptable. And I think the Packers are going to have to step in. What they do, I don't know. I mean, I have some ideas. 
I mean, it's 2019, right? You're telling me they can't analyze the crowd after these games and figure out, like, hey, these certain sections tend to be full with, or filled, or have opposing fans in them. You know what I mean? Like, tonight, they scored that touchdown, and was it Ertz? Or who was it that went up into the crowd after they scored a touchdown? There was those Eagles fans in the front row in the end zone. The Packers should be figuring out whose tickets those are. Whose tickets are those in the end zone? And they should be reaching out to those people and going, why are you selling your tickets? Why are opposing fans getting your seats? You know, or like I said, like these sections where, you know, if they can analyze it and go, oh, this, this section tends to be a lot of opposing fans or whatever. They need to be reaching out to those fans. You know, shit or get off the pot. Either use your tickets or get rid of them. Because there are, there are literally, what, like 150 million people on that ticket waiting list? There's a lot of people that want those tickets that would use them. That won't sell them, that won't treat that shit like a business. You know, selling off tickets. Like one guy on Twitter said, you know, paying whatever the face is, 150 and selling them for 300 bucks. That's garbage. You know? And I really think the Packers are going to have to go step in and maybe not revoke, but at least threaten to revoke some tickets on these people. This is a joke, man. It's one thing if it's like, you know, like a division rival like the Vikings, I guess. I mean, I hate that too. But when like Broncos fans are audible at the games, visible at the games, Eagles fans, these are not divisional opponents. This is really pissing me off. It's one of the bigger reasons why Lambeau isn't consistently loud. And it really, it's got to be fixed. They've got to do something about this. I'm still, I'm just so heated about this. (laughs) The Packers need to do something. These people need to really either, again, start using their tickets or get rid of them. You know, that's not, if you're blessed enough to have Packers season tickets, use them. It's not, this isn't for you to profit. Like, don't be an asshole. All right, end rant. All right, so let's start. Let's start. My voice cracked. I'm sorry. It's been a long day, you guys. Come on. Let's start. All right, I'm going to start with the stuff that can be fixed, right? Because there's, well, I can start with the play calling, right? It was garbage tonight. It was really, really, it was poor, piss poor play calling tonight, I thought. Obviously, the headliner here is going to be the four pass plays from the goal line that yielded nothing. Uh, that third down play, that was like a, I don't, was that an option? And then Rodgers was either going to have the ability to run it or throw it. I don't know what that was. I don't think Graham, I mean, Graham looked confused. I don't know what the hell that play was. That was really bad, you know? You don't you don't run the ball once there, like I know that you're not the run game wasn't working tonight, but from the one yard line, you don't run it once in four tries. Come on, give me a break. That was really bad. And why can't Jimmy Graham come down with jump balls anymore? What is this? What is this troubling development? You know, I thought Graham obviously played his best game of the season tonight. I don't even know what was his final stat line here. Uh. uh. Six catches for 61 yards and a score. So that's it. that was obviously his best game of the night or the season so far. But, I mean, he can't come down with jump balls anymore. What is that? Someone said on Twitter, it might have even been uh, Packers Talk Net, uh, Graham, co-Gram, Poobah, CD, Angela, who said he can't even come down with jump balls at his waist. I mean, as nice of a night as Graham had, he had a solid night. I wouldn't even say it was nice. It was solid. It could have been a lot better. That was that was a frustrating development in that, especially in that that uh, series of four downs there. 
But you know what else? I mean, the, the final play, the final play for the offense, the interception, uh, Pat, the slant call to to uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling MVS, as we call him on the sh- call him here on the show. I didn't really like that call either, to be honest. That's too tight from the three yard line. I don't like that. Shades of Russell Wilson in the Super Bowl. Not, I just did not like that play call at all. You know. And they still, you know, and they still had, that was, what was that, second down? They still had two timeouts. You don't want to try running the ball once there either? I mean, I know you're in the final minute of the game, but, like, they could have run, they could have had a running play there. They could have run the ball with Jones if they wanted. I think both those series were clear where they missed Jamal Williams. I think that's, he's their guy there uh, in those spots. But still, Jones has proven he can be a good short yardage back around the goal line. And then... (laughs) Now I say that in the very next breath, I'm going to say that they did run the ball too much tonight. (laughs) Considering the Eagles, you know, considerable secondary woes. I mean, they were pulling guys off the street basically to play DB for him tonight. I just, you know, and and Rodgers was good. You know, he wasn't quite as good the final three quarters as he was in the first quarter where he was flawless. But I mean, overall, he had a really good night. It was his best game of the year by far. And I do think, as a whole, they threw the ball. I mean, they ran the ball too much. You know, which is funny because you say, well, Jones only had 13 carries. Factor in the one carry for Vital. They only ran the ball 14 times tonight, and Rodgers threw it 53. But really, Rodgers could have been up around 60 pass attempts. I think he should have been. I mean, the Eagles really couldn't stop them. At least while Devontae Adams was in the game. And don't worry, we're going to get to that in a little bit. I just, you know, just very, like you know, struggling to kind of feel the flow of the game, I think would be the biggest issue for LaFleur tonight as the play caller. There was other stuff too, you know, uh, they're up 10-7, Philly just scored, they're up 10 nothing. Philly scores, Packers are driving, they have a third and two from the Philly 13, Rodgers goes basically end zone to Adams, I hated that decision, I don't know if that was the, if that was the, if he was the, the play was designed for him or that was just Rogers' decision, but I hated that call. Hey, just get two yards. Just get two yards. Tonight was very kind of McCarthy-esque. I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that. I'm sure some of you were thinking that too. Just like LaFleur just kind of struggled to get into the flow of the game. You know, a lot of like, again, just calling runs when you shouldn't and calling passes when you shouldn't. And those are, now, those are things that I think, as much as it was hot garbage tonight, that stuff can be fixed. You know, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I think I've said it a couple times on the pod so far this season. There were things Lafleur was only going to be able to learn by failing at. And tonight was one of those moments. You know what I mean? He had to fall on, he was going to have to fall on his face at some point as a play caller. And you could say, well, they've kind of done that the first three weeks, but they're winning. I mean, falling on his face in a game that his team loses to learn from it. And you hope that that tonight was that lesson. I'm sure there will be other moments like that, but tonight I think was the first real lesson that he learned by failing. I hope that makes sense. Uh... You know, other stuff, the boners on special teams that led to points for Philly both times. I think that stuff is fairly correctable. I mean, I don't think Crosby's going to be kicking the ball out of bounds that often. 
and you hope the coverage units aren't giving up big returns every week. You know, I say that now and they they will, but you know what I mean? Like that, that stuff, that tends to be more fluky. I think that was more of a kind of a one-off. So I'm not as concerned about that. Obviously those were huge plays and those were huge, huge moments, especially giving up the return to Miles Sanders. You go up 10 nothing. You know what I mean? You could have really started to, I don't know, say put the game away. But, you know, Thursday night football, the Eagles have been off to it. They've had a rough start to the season, one and two. Everybody's tired. I always feel like if the home team can get kind of a big early lead, and even like 17 nothing, I think, could be considered a big early lead. I mean, huge. 17 nothing would become huge, given the Thursday night football circumstances. And I just think, you know... They might have been able to start to put him in the rear view, but they just, that big return just got him back in the game. And then obviously again, the Crosby kickoff out of bounds, but I, I'm not too, too worried about that stuff. That was big tonight, but going forward, I'm not, I'm not panicking about that. Now I've got to get to the stuff that I am worried. <laughs> They're not going to be able to fix. They start with the run defense, right? Oh my God, this run defense it is so, it's so bad. It is, it's, it's ass. It is straight up ass. I mean, tonight they got gashed again. Uh, Jordan Howard. Why did the Bears ever get rid of Jordan Howard? Why did they trade him? I don't understand that. That dude's a good running back. 15 carries, 87 yards, and two scores. Miles Sanders, 11 carries, 72 yards. This is just their, their damage on the ground. Not even to mention, like, Howard catching a touchdown pass, and then obviously Sanders' big kick return. So what is that, 26 for 159 and two scores? Holy shit. And I mean, we obviously we know the last three weeks, right? Starting with Dalvin Cook two weeks ago, and then the combo of Philip Lindsay, Lindsay and Royce Freeman from Denver last week. So I added the numbers up. You might, want, you might not want to hear them, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Those five backs, Howard, Sanders, Cook, Lindsay, and Freeman, these last three weeks, 82 carries, 457 yards and five touchdowns. In addition to, again, the pass-catching stuff, all all of those guys did damage at various points uh, in the receiving game. That's just on the ground. So the Packers, the last three weeks, to those five running backs, an average of 27 carries for 152 yards and 1.6666666 touchdowns. That's, I mean, you guys, that is bad. That's like... That's like bad college team bad run defense. It's really, and it's not getting any better. It's not. And a lot of it is just, you know what I mean? And none of it's like really super complicated stuff. It's just lining up and just hammering the ball up the middle. A lot of that stuff. There, There's a there's a few problems with that. There's a few re- things you can point to. I mean, yeah, Montrevious Adams being hurt is not good. But you know what? We haven't talked about him yet. Tonight was the first night they missed Mike Daniels. Someone said to me on Twitter, you figured they were going to miss Mike Daniels at some point, and that was tonight. And I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Mike Daniels, I never was really that comfortable with the decision to get rid of him. I, th- I still thought he had something to give, especially in a contract year. He's maybe not the you know the pass rushing threat that he was, but I think he's still pretty good against the run. I think they missed that, clearly, you know. And the inside linebacking depth, I mean, it's not good outside of Blake Martinez. And, you know, I said this last year. This isn't just – I'm not a Johnny-come-lately on this. I said last year, if Blake Martinez is your best inside linebacker, 
I'm not sure you can ever be an elite, elite defense. I think if he's your second best inside linebacker or like co-best inside, you know what I mean? Like a 1A, 1B type situation. I think you can be an elite defense, but as the number one, the guy at that position, I'm not sure Blake Martinez is that guy. He at least needs a running mate, you know? And again, I said this last year. I'm not, this isn't like something I just started saying tonight. I mean, you can see it, you know? They've ignored the position in the draft. Going back to Ted, I don't, have they taken an inside linebacker in the top three rounds going back to, I mean, other than maybe what, like, well, Hawk was an outside guy. Abdul Hodge, was Abdul Hodge a third round pick back in 05? He might have been. It's just, by the way, it's a, it's a position they've completely ignored. And people like me, I've been screaming about this for years, that they needed to address the position. And I think not having better inside linebackers hurts. I do. Call me old-fashioned. Call me old-school. I think it hurts. You know? I just, I still have questions about Blake Martinez being this supposed super stud inside linebacker guy that a lot of fans make him out to be. You know, in the pass rush, the pass rush, the pass rush... <laughs> was just not there tonight. It wasn't there either. And you know what? I got to credit a lot of that to the Philly offensive line, which is a, they're a really good offensive line. But you know who else? Doug Peterson. Dougie P. They had a great game plan. He's he's really smart. I That was my biggest thing I said at the end of the pod last week. I was worried Peterson's a really smart offensive. He's a really good offensive mind. You know? And I thought he would have he would have a good game plan to attack this defense. Not that I didn't think the defense could rise to the challenge. Ultimately, they didn't. But I just, I'm like, Peterson's going to, he's going to have the best game plan of the teams they've faced thus far. He will have the best game plan going in. And he did, you know. They knew exactly how to negate the pass rush. It was a lot of quick stuff, you know. Obviously, running the ball was was their main, that was their rock tonight. But it was a lot of quick passes, you know. One, two, three balls out. That's the best way to negate a ferocious pass rush. That's what they did tonight. I mean, Dougie ate Petten's lunch. Holy shit. He schooled Mike Petten. Petten never was able to catch up to what the, what the Eagles were doing. A lot of creative play calls. They just kept the Packers off balance all night. You know what I mean? Wentz and Wentz, I give Wentz credit. Wentz didn't have a huge night. 16-27, 163 touchdowns. That's not a big night. But you know what? He was smart with the football. He made smart throws. The he didn't really even give the Packers that many chances at turnovers. I thought he'd give him, he'd give us a couple chances, but he didn't really. And you know, another thing I'm worried about the the lack of depth at the skill positions on offense. If there's no Devontae Adams, I mean that was glaring tonight. Now this one I've gone back and forth on, right? Because like I said on Twitter a couple days ago, I don't think it's necessarily a lack of talent. I think it's more they're struggling to to learn the new offense. There's obviously an adjustment process anytime you, you are in a new offense. But then when I said that, I thought they'd have Devontae Adams while, while everybody learned. Tonight, they didn't. And, you know, if he's not in there, I'm not... I, you know what? I go. I take back what I said. I'm, not, I'm very concerned about this talent. It's just very... It's a lot of undrafted guys. It's a lot of... I mean, I still love MVS. I still think he's going to be a player. But, you know, with Kumaro, and if Kumaro was in there, maybe I feel differently, but he's got the shoulder injury, I believe. He was out again tonight. I think Kumaro would make some difference. But, you know, Shepard and Lazard and 
you know, and I know Allison made some plays tonight. He had the nice, he had the nice catch, uh, in the first half that right before he caught the touchdown. So he had those two nice plays in a row, but what did he do the rest of the night? So I, you know, if Adams is in there, I still like this group, especially once Kumaro gets healthy, but if Adams is out for any amount of time, and I think he told reporters after the game, he's dealing with maybe a turf toe type situation. I don't know about this group, you know, and I talked about Graham. Graham had his, had a solid game, his best game of the year. I kind of think that might be as much as we're going to get out of Jimmy Graham. So I don't know about these tight ends either. You know, it's just, I don't know. And those aren't really things you can fix. I mean, you could talk about making a trade, but is this team in go for it Super Bowl mode this year with a rookie head coach? I tend to think not. You know, I saw some people saying maybe they can make a trade for like Emmanuel Sanders if Denver falls out of it at 0-3, which they aren't now. If they keep kind of spiraling. I guess, I don't know. I just, I don't know if that's, that's a move a team that's trying to win a Super Bowl makes. I don't know if the Packers are in that spot, which is kind of the dirty secret, right? I think a lot of people think they are because of all the money they spent in free agency on defense, but I'm not necessarily sure they're in totally go for it mode this year. Um, the other thing I'm worried about is the offensive line depth. Boy, that got tested quick, huh? I spent the whole summer talking about how excited I was about the offensive line depth and how they finally were six, maybe seven, maybe eight deep on the offensive line. Then Lane Taylor ruptures his bicep, tears his bicep last week. He's probably out for the year. Balaga got hurt tonight. If you had week four for your when will Brian Balaga get hurt? If you had week four in your when will Brian Balaga get hurt pool, congratulations, collect your winnings. Um... That's not a knock on Blanca, by the way. It's just he just he gets hurt a lot. He does. He's held together with duct tape and chicken wire. He's late years Chad Clifton at this point, you know? Uh and that depth is just not I mean, you saw it tonight. Light Alex Light looked really overmatched. I kind of wonder when they're gonna if they're not gonna kind of kick, maybe kick Billy Turner out. If Blaga's out for any amount of time, kick Billy Turner out to right tackle. And maybe have Lucas Patrick or Cole Madison take over that right guard spot. I mean, they gave Billy Turner all that money, and it was talked about at the time that maybe he could be an eventual replacement at right tackle because Balaga's in a contract here. Because it's not going to work with Alex Light. He just looked totally and completely overmatched. I just, I think he's, I think he's got some talent, but I think it's just too raw. It's too raw to be playing right now. And then Kevin King got hurt. I'm not going to make any jokes about Kevin King getting hurt. I know that's what you want me to do. I'm not going to. I like Kevin King. I thought he had a really nice bounce back game tonight. And then he got hurt. Of course he did. No, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make the jokes. I'm not going to make jokes about Kevin. I like Kevin King. I'm really, I'm rooting for him. Who else got hurt tonight? There were a bunch of other injuries. Jesus, I got the tweet here. Let me find it. Um, what, Tony Brown got hurt. Well, obviously, Jamal Williams got hurt on that. You know, let me tell you something else that pisses me off about this game tonight. Derek Barnett should have been kicked out of the game for that hit on Jamal Williams. Why wasn't he ejected? That was a clear helmet. That was a dirty. That was a cheap shot. He should have been kicked out. Of course, he stays in. Then what's he do later on in the first half? Strip sack. Brandon Graham recovers. Leads to an Eagles touchdown. That's nice. That's nice. Does karma exist in football? If you watch tonight, I don't know. Uh, what else? Oh, let me see. It's late here. Let me think. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to go to your tweets. 
I think I've ranted enough. I think I've ranted as much as I can possibly rant about this game as pissed off as I am. I'm going to go to some of your guys' tweets. Okay. Let's go. The Bearded Serb, at Bearded Serb. All I can say is, it's not all doom and gloom. Offense played well. I think play calling under 20 was not where it should be. But we couldn't get home on Wentz at all. I mean, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of feels like doom and gloom right now. Probably won't tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. The offense played well at at times. Yeah, the play calling under the 20 was, I mean, it was garbage. And, no, they couldn't, I mean, yeah, most of that's true, I guess. Okay, Stehor at S-T-E-H-O-A-R-E. I'm saying that right. It might get forgotten. It might get forgotten about with the red zone shit show and bad runs defense. But two first half bleep ups. I don't say the F word on the show. On special teams really hurt us. The big return, and then I say it on Twitter, of course, but I don't on the show. The big return and then the kickoff out of bounds. Yeah, I talked about that. I mean, those were big plays. I'm not really worried about it going forward, but yeah, tonight those were huge. You know, you got to start, you got to kind of put your foot on the other guy's throat and they just let him back in the game twice. All right. At Matilla the Hun, this was an extremely hard fought game by two good teams. Green Bay's defense was good, except for the run. That's a little bit like saying the Titanic was (laughs) everything went well on the Titanic until they hit the iceberg. Uh, Offense was good, except for the run. They didn't really get to Wentz, but were in his face. And the play calling on offense was pretty good, except in the red zone. All fixable. Need two for Dallas. Yeah. The run, I mean, with Zeke Elliott looming down, Zeke Elliott might have 4,000 yards on this run defense 10 days from now. Holy Christ. They are going to have to fix it and fix it fast because he is going to eat if they don't. Um... Then he follows up, not trying to be all positive, though. My biggest concern, since the run game is the problem on both sides of the ball, I fear this team lacks physicality. That's dangerous in December, January. Yeah, I mean, I kind of worry about that, too, as far as the run the run defense. I still think they're going to be fine running the ball. I know a lot of people are going to panic about Aaron Jones. His numbers outside of the Viking game have not been good this year. I'm not worried about Aaron Jones. I still think he's going to be fine. They're going to get this run deep. They're going to get the run game figured out on offense. LaFleur's going to figure out the balance, I think, I hope, and I think Jones is going to get going. Okay, Chris W at T underscore W underscore R underscore tweets. Jesus, the underscores. I feel like the offense took another step. We moved the ball a lot, and it fell apart a few times in the red zone. We'll run the ball better against other teams, but this run defense is a liability, and I am not looking forward to Zeke in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, all that. (laughs) Uh, I do think that, again, I think the run game is going to get better. Aaron Jones is just too good. He's too good. I mean, I think one thing tonight, they started to get him involved more in the passing game as the game went on. I kind of felt that was something they should have been doing early. Instead of running the ball, just use Jones in the passing game. Short passes, it's like the same thing. All right, Jimmy Hilton at Hilton J10. Looked like Smith Bros were in straight pass rush mode most of the game. Going downfield and not worrying about container gaps. Left huge holes for Philly running backs. No push from interior line as well, but hard to when they were double all night. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of those runs were just right up the middle, which like I, I just talked about a little while ago. I'm still worried about this team. The inside linebacking position is a concern, and you know, at Montrevious Adams being hurt, no Mike Daniels anymore. I do think, yeah, I think the interior of this defense is suspect, definitely. Okay. Christopher at basic username. 
Balaga going out was game changer. Jimmy Graham needs to make a big play. Use two hands to go up for a ball in the end zone. Officials ruining the game. That's all I got. Bah humbug. Yeah, you know what? I want to talk with the officials quick because they sucked ass tonight. They were really, that was garbage. That was terrible from the officials. You know? I mean, I guess they called it both ways on the pass interference stuff. When LaFleur challenged a call on MVS and then when Peterson challenged it later, he thought it should have been on King. But, yeah, I thought the officiating was pretty bad. Definitely, you know? Seem like the officials don't... It seems like these guys don't really know what they're doing. I know there's a lot of new officials this year, but they seem really confused, you know? Not just tonight, but just like in all the games I've been watching this year. And I watch a lot of... I watch a lot of, a lot of NFL football. All right. Uh, Kyle S. at K. Schwags. Lost in the outcome is the impact of injuries. King, Adams, Balaga, losing any for any an extended period will be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think any of those guys, especially Adams... You know, Adams, for the longest time, I thought Bakhtiari was the second most important player on this team. After tonight, I think it might be Devontae, right? I mean, look at those two possessions, right? The four plays where they don't score at the one-yard line and then the pass that was picked, uh, the pass to MVS that got tipped and picked. Do you have any doubt that they get a touchdown on one of those two sequences if Adams is in the game? I don't. Maybe it wouldn't be Adams, but he probably would have opened something else, something up for somebody else. So yeah, I think he might be the second most important player on the team. I always thought it was Bakhtiari, but I actually think it might be Devonte now. Um, okay, what else? I think is that it. Oh, Stephen Holthouse at Holthouse Stephen. What's bigger than gigantic? In reference to the uh, me saying that run game defense is a gig- nothing. I don't think anything is anything bigger than gigantic Godzilla esque. I can't think of anything. It's bad. The run defense is really bad. They've got to get this fixed because it's the one thing that's going to sink the team. We can talk about, you know, the the play calling getting better and the offense getting better and that stuff obviously is huge and I do think it'll get better and it's important. But if they don't stop the run, I'm not sure if any of this matters, any of it, because teams are just going to go in knowing that they can just gash the Packers on the ground. And then if you can do that, that opens up play action stuff. I mean, I, I and then you're just getting into shootouts every week. I just, I'm not sure any of this matters. Now, they won't play a quarterback as good as Carson Wentz every week or a head coach as good as Doug Peterson. But, I mean, there's some good quarterbacks on the schedule. Dak in 10 days. Mahomes is coming up. Rivers is coming up. I mean... If Cam Newton is healthy, and well, he might be washed up. That might not be a great example. But you know what I mean? There's great quarterbacks coming up. Like, they've got to get this shit figured out and fast. Uh, all right, I'm at the 30-minute mark. I think that's probably about time to wrap it up. Uh, as mentioned earlier, the next game is in 10 days from now. They will be heading down to Dallas, AT&T Stadium, a place where Aaron Rodgers has uh, turned in some pretty memorable performances, if I uh, my memory serves me right. It's going to be a tough game. Again, the defense has got to get going because it's not just Zeke. Dak is playing Dak is playing out of his mind right now. They've got weapons in the passing game. It's going to be another challenge for this defense because that whole offense is clicking right now. It's going to be tough. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back to recap that game, win, lose, draw, win, lose, draw, whatever happens. Uh, but, again, for now, it's time to meet, for me to jam out of here. i got to go to bed. I'm stumbling over my words. i got to go to bed. What the hell am I doing? It's 1246. i got to go to sleep. All right, but until next time, this has been Lem's Talk and Pack. 
I am your host, Chris Lemphasis. Go. Pack. Go.